0: Welcome to the Nativist Podcast. We tap into our instinct and natural power to live intuitively. The ultimate goal is to leave the world healthier and more beautiful than we found it. It all starts on the individual level, cultivating our mind body connection. Whether you're on a healing journey or just want to look and feel your best, I hope by the end you feel a little happier, a little more inspired. a little more invested in yourself and the world. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Hey everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the Nativist Podcast and we are going to talk about Money and this is a big topic, and I'm so stoked to talk about it. And I am here with the man Jackson Wood, who definitely knows his stuff. So, Jackson, do you want to give a little bit of an intro? Sure. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's fun. Thank you. I love to talk about money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, my name is Jackson Wood. I am the owner of a registered investment advisory firm here in Idaho called Lift Off Financial Planning. Uh, I grew up in Salt Lake City and. I don't know if it's the episode before this or whatever, but yeah. you've, you've heard from my wife on the Carly Styles. I grew up in in Salt Lake City. I studied economics when I was in college, and then since college, I've been working in the financial industry ever since. Uh, I got a job. My first job out of college was was with a big brokerage firm in Salt Lake called Fidelity Investments. Oh,
0: good time, yeah.
1: So I worked there, and that was that was a lot of fun. They trained me how to you know place. Stock trades and all about mutual funds and all the ins and outs of that. But I quickly realized that I liked working with humans more than computers. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: fair enough. I get that. And yeah.
1: So I switched my career from Fidelity to a, a boutique firm in Blackfoot, Idaho, <clears throat> where we actually got to sit down and meet with clients and help them build financial plans. Um, <clears throat> I was there for almost four years. And then I realized that I liked working with younger people.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: most of the time, money managers work with. You know, people that are getting ready to retire, or they have been retired, and they're just managing all the money that they've, you know, managed to save up over the course of forty years of their career. But I realized that there, there's a large group of people in the population that get ignored.
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: And that's people like us, right? Yeah, it's the yeah, young people yeah. that are out of college, are working, they've got dual incomes, are making good money, but yeah. financial advisors ignore them.
0: Yeah, right? yeah, and,
1: yeah. And it's based on the model that the financial world works on, which is called the assets under management model. Mm-hmm. So basically, in the in the traditional world, you have to have a whole lot of money. You hire a financial advisor, and then they get like one to one and a half percent of your of your account value. Yeah, and that's yeah. how they get paid. Yeah. Right? So if you have five hundred thousand bucks, they're going to get seventy five hundred dollars a year, and that's what they use to pay their bills and to to kind of compensate them for all their work. Sure. Yeah. But if you're a young person and you don't have five hundred thousand dollars saved up, you kind of get ignored. What? By these <laughs> what people, are you doing right? wrong with your life? Yeah, <laughs> if you're not thirty and have half a million dollars, you're an idiot, right? No, so that would kind of that would disqualify almost all of us from having any sort of financial help.
0: Yeah, right? and that's not fair. Yeah, yeah, and
1: and if you think about like compounding returns and, and you know investing and in financial planning, like the years of your twenties and your thirties are pretty foundational. So yes, we wanted, they are. Yeah, we wanted to create a way to work with people that were in their twenties, thirties, forties and get paid for it. Right. But yeah. still exactly.
0: compensated. Yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly. But still be able to, to help them and, and help them make good decisions and and understand the concept of money and investing. So we launched our firm and it's unique because we don't charge an asset management fee. Okay. We charge a monthly retainer uh-huh. and it covers everything. So as long as you really? can afford the monthly retainer, then you can be a client of liftoff and you can have kind of your household CFO. Very cool. So that was the idea. Um, and here we are. Yeah.
0: Right. And you've liked it so far? Uh-huh. So what led you to um, the financial world? Was that something that you had a natural knack for growing up?
1: Yeah, I actually used to track stocks in the newspaper. Okay. used to print them every day. Really? So like how newspaper. young were you? Oh, I had to be like maybe seven.
0: What? Oh my yeah. gosh, he's like a prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> he's yeah. way back in the day.
1: My grandpa would like make me track them, and I would... I started off with like a paper portfolio where I would pretend to buy shares and track them. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, that was...
0: Did you do (laughs) this like on your own because your grandpa had a role to play? Um, How much of this was his... Urging, and how much of it was your initiative?
1: No, it was basically me just wondering what the heck all that wow. stuff was, and then he kind of taught me what he knew.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: But it might be because I'm really not good at anything else.
0: What? I, I don't know if I could do no. anything
1: else, so... This is
0: a good thing to be good at. <laughs> I guess right. <laughs> it literally pays off. <laughs> so it seems like it's kind of been a natural fit for you, like you kind of had a natural instinct. I remember one time Carly had posted, like, you just kind of have a natural instinct for like where the stock market will go, a natural feel for it. Yeah, right?
1: when I... Well... You know it's really difficult to predict, and I try not to like time it. But I'm glad that you, you know, said that.
0: I want to talk about that. So go yeah, ahead. it's
1: really. I I mean, some people can get it right.
0: Yeah. Uh, but
1: it's you'll get it wrong more often than you get it right. Thank
0: you. That's yeah. so reassuring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So there, uh, there's a lot of you know theory about market timing, and and I think the idea is just understanding, you know, where to put your money on a large scale, how to you know allocate it, and then just letting it go and basically forgetting about it. Yeah. You know? So. I don't know. It's something that I've always been interested in. I remember going through like the airport on a trip and you'd see guys in suits with like Palm pilots. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Like their job, whatever those guys
0: yeah. do. Yeah. That looks cool.
1: <laughs> so it's, it's nothing like that in real life, but that's kind of what I thought.
0: So I like what you said about letting go and – like, I was listening to a financial guru the other day, and he was talking about riding the waves in the financial world and stock investments and investments in general, and just taking a few bruises along the way and keeping that overall perspective <clears throat> and not panicking <clears throat> at every bump in yeah. the road and like pulling your money and just yeah. riding the long term wave. And it sounds like that's important because you can't panic. And he was talking about the financial crisis in 2008 mm-hmm. and back in 2001 with 9 11. And he said, if people kept their money in, now they would be just fine. It's so hard to have lost money since then if you were in it for the long term. But what gets people in trouble is they panic. Yeah. And pull the money.
1: I agree with you. I think that probably ninety-five percent of money is behavioral.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah.
1: and I think that a lot of people panic at during you know tough times. So look at December of two thousand and eighteen, right? Yeah. On Christmas Eve, we had the worst point sell-off. That we've seen ever and on the 26th of december we have the biggest rally that we've ever seen yeah yeah and uh on the flip side people always buy the wrong things too because if you remember in 2017 everybody was talking about cryptocurrencies yes, and, Bitcoin, yeah, and everybody yeah. wanted to buy it and sure. you probably haven't seen your friends post about it for like a year yeah right they were buying it the entire way up and yeah. ignoring it the entire way down yeah. when in reality you should be selling it on the way up and mm-hmm. buying it on the way down right um But there's an article, I actually read this recently, and it said, so the concept that you're talking about of just letting it ride and putting your money in and just setting up automatic contributions is called dollar cost averaging. Okay. Without getting too dorky, it's basically just putting money into the market, setting up your 401k at work or or your 457 or whatever it is, and just saying, okay, I want 6% of my paycheck to go in and just ignoring it. And that means you buy shares every week or every two weeks, however often you're paid. And this guy did this study where... The title of the article was Even God Couldn't Beat Dollar Cost Averaging. <laughs> and so he went back and he cherry picked like when you would want to be in the market and when you would want to be out of the market. And he built a strategy, you know, based on back tested data of uh, perfect timing and then compared it to somebody that just put a hundred bucks in every, I think it was every month or every two weeks or something. And that strategy beat even timing the market perfectly. Really? Yeah, since like the last eighty years.
0: Wow, that's impressive.
1: And so it, it kind of clues you into how, how it's important to kind of control your behavior and just kind of ignore it. I mean, there's a lot in that, and that's a yeah, big statement, yeah. but I think that that's a big part of it, especially oh. if you're young.
0: Especially if you're young. And that's where it helps to have a financial advisor, too, that can help you, guide you along through that, right? So yes. um, has some insight and knowledge, obviously. That will help kind of talk you down from the ledge. I joke that sometimes,
1: exactly. I joke that sometimes my job is just talking people off the ledge. Like that's all that we have to do sometimes. Yeah. Uh, But it's hard. I mean, it's emotionally hard to see your money go down. To see you lose, you know, a few thousand dollars in one day. Yeah. But if you've got a right kind of foundation and a right strategy, just you don't have to worry. It works in your favor.
0: So you have to have some people skills too when it comes to that, right?
1: It's a lot of emotional like conversations. Yeah. We had one this morning. that was really tough. yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Money, you know, people talk about religion and politics before they talk about money, right? Oh, and yeah. It's those beauty topics, you don't know what your neighbor makes, you don't know what they have saved up.
0: That's so true. That's yeah. so true. So. so, yeah, do you, Um. what's your outlook on living a balanced life financially? So you want to be able to live your life and enjoy it, but you also want to be secure and financial savvy. So how do you reconcile those two worlds?
1: Yeah, it's tough. I'm actually working on a blog post right now called Ooh. "The Balance Between Today and Tomorrow." Okay, cool. And the scary thing is, like, a lot of people aren't saving up, and they're not investing appropriately, and they're not building a nest egg for the future. And so they may or may not have enough money when they retire. They might be yeah. forced to work a long time. Yeah,
0: yeah. But
1: then you have the other side of the of the world that's, like, you know, frantically saving every single dime that they can, and they have a terrible life because they've they've cut out anything that's enjoyable or fun. Yeah. So I think that the idea is you need to be able to build a plan and a budget that allows for fun yeah, and it allows for enjoyment of your life. You can go on trips. You can, you can go to Starbucks in the morning. You know, there's a lot of articles written about not buying your latte so that you can be a millionaire. And I think those are garbage, right? Because you're going to have a miserable 40 years of Yes, Exactly.
0: You have to live your life. Yeah.
1: But also like, you know, be able to have a plan and know where your money's going and and know, you know, that you're saving for the future and, and just have the balance. There's a, there's a cool article by this guy named Mr. Money Mustache. It's kind of cheesy name, but he talks about like hacking hedonic adapt adaptation. uh And he talks Uh about if you're, if you're going out and you're buying new things all the time, like they're really cool at first, but then they just add to the increased levels of stress down the road. So think about like, I just bought a Peloton bike and Uh I wanted it for a long time. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is going to make me really happy. But now I find myself like I paid $2,000 for the stupid bike. I've only used it like twice in the last two weeks and it's like more about using it and not about having the bike. So it's like I've fallen into the trap, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that I try to help my clients get out. Of
0: but that's relatable and you get yeah, it and you're yeah. still a human like dealing with your money. Yeah. <clears throat> so I like what you said about having your lattes. Um, and I read somewhere that it's not necessarily about you limiting yourself, but just figuring out other ways to bring in more income. What do you think about that?
1: I think that's one of the most overlooked things in, in financial planning. I think a lot of like the entire financial industry is built upon like optimizing your investment strategy. What funds am I going to own? What companies am I going to own? How much I'm going to pay to own those? They'll look at how can I minimize my taxes? How can I do these things? And those are all great, mm-hmm. but I, you don't find many gurus that are out there teaching like, okay, you start this side business, right? Like right, you right. can only, if you're making $50,000 a year, you can only like fine tune so much. Of yeah. Your, of your income. That's so
0: true. That's but so there's true.
1: this other, you know, aspect. And I think it's e- easier now than ever to, you know, start a business from home. Yeah. And,
0: Leverage your talents and your hobbies that you're doing already. Why yeah, exactly. not make some money off of those?
1: I love a Gary V mentality of like, he's super successful and he yeah. owns everything, but he still goes to the D.I. and finds things to flip and sell and make yeah. $10, bucks, right? Yeah. Those things are huge. And I, there's, with technology, Carly did this brand deal for this company called VIP Kids. You remember that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can actually, like in your free time, be a teacher, an English teacher and make like $30 an hour. Cool. And like do it at night to kids in China on the computer. Oh, wow. And- yeah, and I'm I'm not we're not with them or anything, but like it's easier than ever to. Like,
0: it really is. Yeah,
1: and if you just save that money and you you know put it towards good use, all of a sudden your credit card debt's gone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And a lot of these things you're gonna do anyways. Yeah. So why not make some money off of those? But then there's also the time investment too. So you have to be careful that even if you're trying to save some money and you're planting a garden or keeping chickens or whatever. If that's sucking up all of your time, is that really worth it? Unless it brings you true happiness. Yeah. Is that really worth it? Because your time is an investment as well. So it's keeping that in mind and having that awareness that whatever your side hustle is, that it's um, a minimal amount of time that you have to invest to generate income. Right?
1: Yeah. yeah the one thing you're not going to get back is time. Right. So when true. My necklace says oh. "Memento mori. And so the curse of being a financial planner is you're always living in the future. Yeah you're always helping your clients live in the future yeah. and you kind of forget about today. Yeah. And you might be, you might have such a perfect financial plan that you're going to be worth $10 million when you're 50, Yeah. but you might die when you're 49 in a yeah. car accident. And if your life sucked up until then, you would give all of your $10 million back just for an extra day. Yes. So it, you know, you have to find that balance. It is tough. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: But it's so important to keep that in mind. Um, Speaking of the future, two questions. Um, So do you feel like it's, challenging for people our age to have the future in mind are they future oriented or is that something that you're trying to like broach with them to raise awareness
1: i think that if you if you think about when millennials kind of came into the into the uh workforce mm-hmm. it was like right after 08 mm-hmm. and so i think it has shaped us in a way where we're more about enjoying today yeah but I don't think that millennials are ignorant to the fact that they're going to live longer than most generations or that they are going to have to do things themselves. Like most millennials understand you know government debt and they understand mm-hmm. underfunded pensions and they understand mm-hmm. these different things. So mm-hmm. I think that I think that they're just struggling to find the balance. And I think that a lot of the times they're afraid of money and afraid of investing because they watch their parents get wiped out in 08 or they they graduated with student loans into a career, into a workforce that was going through record high unemployment because of 08. And so mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of it is working through the fear and just building a, a plan that they're comfortable with. Uh, but I think that millennials more than ever are in balance with, you know, enjoying today and mm-hmm. maximizing tomorrow. And, and I think it's easier than ever before. So I feel pretty optimistic about where things are headed. Um, but maybe that's just the people I'm working with. I'm not mm-hmm. sure in general.
0: I like the way you talk. So yeah. speaking of underfunded pensions and them raising the social security age, mm-hmm. and what are your thoughts on that? Like, have you, yeah. What are you yeah, it's scary.
1: That? So, you know, there's a lot of public pensions that are underfunded. We've yeah. seen some of them already, like the state of Illinois has a massive underfunded pension. Yeah, yeah. Here in Idaho, we're lucky because the the, the public pension here is uh, yeah. is funded. But I think that more than ever, we're going to have to rely on ourselves. So parents' generations back until like the, maybe the seventies, when you got a job, you had a pension, right? Mm -hmm. And it was very rare that you actually had what's called a defined contribution plan or a 401k or a 457. It was all a defined benefit pension plan. And luckily things have switched quite a bit. So it's very rare to get a job with a pension unless you're a government employee. But now if you, if you have a pension more than likely, you're going to have some sort of optional 403b or 457 or 401k, or even be able to do like an IRA or something. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that just not putting all your eggs in one basket and not relying on Social Security when you're, you know, 67, and who knows if it's going to be 75 when yeah. we're up to hit, right. <laughs> but just being able to know that, regardless of if that is there or not, we're going to be okay. Yeah. And we're also living longer than ever before, so it's you know like.
0: And with AI technology oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. coming
0: at us real hot and fast.
1: Longevity is yeah. increasing. And, and so, you know, they're basing all their actuarial studies on like men dying at 82 and women dying at 84. And I don't think that that's going to be the case when we're that old. And so we're going to live longer. And if we're dependent upon this pension fund and the fund managers to run the distribution schedules appropriately, you, de- you just don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. The good news is that investing is cheap now. It's really, really cheap. It's commoditized pretty much. And so it's easier than ever before to understand finance and understand investing and and to get a plan. So I think that being balanced between social security, maybe a pension and then your own investments uh, and even like alternatives, like having a rental, you know, a rental uh, portfolio of, you know, like some apartments or something like those are good things to do
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about capitalism in general, and regulation. What are your thoughts? Do you favor more of like a hands-off approach, kind of let the market take care of itself, or would you like to see more regulation? What are your thoughts? There? <laughs> it's
1: a good question. It's it's uh it's difficult because you know like people that are really popular, like that congresswoman from New York, yeah. uh, Alexander something Cortez. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super popular. Mm-hmm. A lot of her ideas um, are pretty far left. But if you feel like, how, how can you not want to take care of someone when we're living in the world's wealthiest country?
0: Yeah. And this is
1: like, we've got starving people. We've got people that can't afford the health insurance. Like, surely we could have come up with some sort of plan to take care of them, right? So I'm in favor of doing things like that. But at the same time, capitalism is what made America the wealthiest country in the world. And so we, we can't get rid of free markets. We can't get rid of. So I guess I would be in favor of not spending money on things I would consider dumb. <laughs> and and focusing more on, you know, our own citizens or people that are in our country that need help and less on corporate bailouts or, I don't know, yeah. things like that. So yeah. I guess it's yeah. a weird yeah. question where I, I kind of favor both sides. Yeah,
0: and yeah. I, same. Yeah. So, um and <laughs> like with my job, I try not to like, because that can get political. Yeah, like sure. that's, and that's technically what it's based on. But I read a book on... The history of capitalism and it went way back so before the country was founded so back in the 1600s and then followed the evolution of capitalism and the politics that contributed to it and when it was the laissez-faire approach when mm-hmm. it was more of a hands-off approach and when there was more regulation especially like with fdr
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was really interesting to see how that affected the market and different strategies that worked and didn't work and One thing that struck me, and especially after reading Paul Volcker's book, his new book, is it just seems like such a crapshoot trying to control the economy and trying to remedy the economy when it goes south and then it tanks and battling inflation, the gold standard and all of that. Mm -hmm. It just seems a little like predicting the weather sometimes. Is that just like this is a naive person's take on it. So what's your take on that? <laughs> yes. Predicting how everything will play out and what the right approach is to fix a problem.
1: On a micro level, I think it's nearly impossible, right? Okay. Because <laughs> the economy is made up of buyers and sellers in yes. their own discretion.
0: Yes. Right. Yes. And you
1: can't control that regardless of what the monetary policy is or whatever. Right. Um, on a macro level, I do think that there are certain, well, for example, you know, the business cycle, right? So like the the more libertarian approach, the Austrian theory of the business cycle is central banks are bad, fiat yeah. currency is bad, we yeah, need yeah. to have sound currency. Uh-huh. But when you look at the data, there were a lot more economic cycles, crashes and bubbles and booms, right? And since the Fed was created in 1913 and, and they're controlling interest rates and they're controlling the money supply, like, you know, there have been some crashes, there have been some recessions, but they have been more spaced out. They haven't been as frequent. And so you, you would... I don't know the answer to what's the best. I know it's impossible to control an entire civilization, but I do think that being able to have some sort of flexibility with the money and the interest rates has led to a more sustained growth that is less volatile.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. But I guess, we'll I just have to see. You get to the far the far left of that policy. It's called modern monetary theory, MMT. It's all the new rage right now. And, and these people, this is like that AOC from New York. Mm, um, mm-hmm. They want yeah, to yeah. promote this Green New Deal. Yeah. And... When you read it, you you think, well, that's kind of cool. What's it going to cost? And it's like trillions and trillions of dollars it would cost, and and it would revamp all these different things, and it would just you would see runaway debt on the on the government side, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And they don't care. They just say it doesn't matter. We just kick the can down the road. But then on the other side, it's like. Well, you might run out of road, right? right can exactly. Like, we That's don't know exactly what's going to happen. Right. So if I were in charge of the government, I would run it kind of like I would run a personal budget, right? Yeah. Try not to spend more than you need, but if you ever need what to- a radical concept. <laughs> if you need to occasionally in an emergency, make sure you pay your debt back.
0: Yeah. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah I don't yes, think you yes, can go
1: wrong. Yes. Right <laughs> Thank you. That's
0: exactly right. Yeah.
1: I don't know if politicians really would do that because paying down government debt means cutting- subsidies and cutting, yeah. you know, social programs and that yes. would get them kicked out of office.
0: Exactly. It's not so <clears throat> straightforward. Sorry. Yeah. 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 It's a tangled mess sometimes when you look at it and you can consider like all the contributing factors.
1: I think that over the course of like the next 50 years, we're going to see, you know, probably presidents from the far left. We're going to see some from the middle. We're going to see some from the far right. I guess we have some here right now. And I think that at the end of the day, you just have to be able to adapt your personal situations or to, to whatever political climate you're in and yeah. make the necessary adjustments. I yeah. don't think that means timing the stock market or timing economic booms or busts, but I think it just means making sure that your plan is bulletproof in, and yeah. inside of a contraction or yeah. an expansion.
0: Yeah. And going back to just that main theme of living within your means, spending within your means, not spending necessarily what you don't have. Sometimes you have to buy a house and take credit for that. But, I mean, what a foreign concept. And that's something that I've been so grateful to my parents for teaching me. Right. Yeah. Especially with the recent government furloughs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was fine. And I credit my parents that for teaching me well. But a lot of people weren't. And a lot of people were so stressed out because they didn't have a safety net. And yeah. to no fault of theirs. I mean, different reasons for people's financial situations. But it's such a sense of security to know that you have money to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And do you find that like, what do you see in your dealings? Do you find that people um, are good with their money that they spend well?
1: Believe it or not. I do. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, <laughs> when the government re- reopened, I guess was in late January. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I was actually going through the TSA checkpoint oh, yeah, at yeah. the airport when the tsa workers got noticed that they were going to open
0: oh really and
1: the one guy was like that was he was at the beginning of the little conveyor belt you put your bag through yeah yeah. and he was so relieved oh. he just was like i'm gonna get paid for my work and it, i felt yeah. this guy's emotion yes. and then i get to the other end and the guy was like yes now i can go buy that nintendo switch i wanted and i'm like "Ah." Oh. Oh. <laughs> so it was it was like a funny thing but maybe it's just the people that reach out to us and want to work with our firm they they have a decent understanding of money.
0: Yeah. And they're motivated and financially like aware anyways. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But like it is absolutely necessary to have an emergency fund. Yeah. I mean I mean, just like in the last, I don't know, what, four months, we've had crazy like expenses. Like we had to buy a water softener. But totally. Our dryers busted. Yeah. Like, yeah. I you never know what life to is tires. we tell you. Yeah. yeah. Like And so it's really good to have that. And then if you do have a government shutdown or you do lose your job or you get sick and run out of pay time off, like you've got something to go on.
0: Or, yeah, like you contract some disease or get sick or something and then you go medically bankrupt because you don't have the funds to cover that. Like you never know what life is going to throw at you. And so it's so important to at least be comfortable enough that you can provide for and accommodate those life situations.
1: Oh, that's what an emergency fund is for. right? And you don't ever want to use it, but you should always have it. Yeah. Um, banks now are paying higher interest rates, so it's not going to kill you to keep money in a bank account instead of, you know, in the stock market. You can get like 2.5% sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, your money is just parked there, but it's going to be keeping up with inflation. And so, I mean, it, it's that's one of the good consequences of the Fed raising rates, right? Yeah. So, so maybe they're not so bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on the future of money and financial transactions? And especially when you have like, Technological advances and paying, like you know, back in, in China, they have like different ways of paying. Um, like where do you see that world going?
1: Yeah, so how crypt- we like go about our daily lives? I think that cryptocurrency will play a very large role in in reshaping money. I think that we will soon have a digital money. Um, I don't think that the United States will ever adopt something like Bitcoin or, or a cryptocurrency like that because that would basically end the federal reserve right The federal reserve controls the supply and the interest rate um you could argue that that would be a good thing if the fed did that but that would be like a digital gold standard and i don't think we can ever go back to that
0: yeah
1: um i think that with the invention of like you know things like square and square integrating with you know twitter and apple pay and banks all porting their data to like personal software hubs like personal capital is a big one or right capital. Uh, I think it's easier than ever before to know where your money's going, but it also makes it really easy to spend it.
0: Yeah, You know, you yeah, go yeah. in and you
1: check out and you used to have to like hope that they would accept a credit card on the internet and you'd have to get your credit card out mm-hmm. and then you have to type it in. And yeah. that was kind of a, like a barrier to do that. But now right. it's like, Oh, they have Apple pay. Cool. And it's just like, Two kind seconds of, and you're done, right? Kind of
0: remo- removes that level of consciousness. Yeah. And so easier. Yeah. you can
1: buy without even knowing it, right? Yeah. You go to Amazon, it's like one click checkout. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's free shipping. And it's like all of a sudden you a $1,000 on Amazon. Yeah. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> so you're going to have to be, it's going to be easier to spend. You're going to be, it's going to be easier to track, but I think you're going to be very conscious of where you're putting your money. Yeah.
0: yeah. So here's kind of a fun question that I want to hear your answer. So knowing what you know now let's say that tomorrow you were homeless all of a sudden you have all of your knowledge that you have now, what is the first thing that you would do?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I would just try to find a job immediately. I mean, I, I have skills in the finance industry, so I'm yeah. hoping I would be a value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I would be able to start my own registered investment advisory firm right off the, right off the bat because it took some capital to get it, to get it going. Um, but I think that just understanding, the basics of budgeting and, and all that, I mean, would be a huge advantage to starting from scratch. Yeah. I hope I don't have to do These that. basics, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so let's say on the other side of that, if you won the lottery and got $500 million tomorrow, what would you do? How would you spend your money or invest it?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think it like drives back to how much money do you need, right? So. Yeah. Portfolios can sustain a four percent withdrawal rate for like thirty years. So if you've got a hundred thousand bucks, that could pay you four thousand dollars. So if you have five hundred million, that would pay okay. I got it know my head here. <laughs> twenty million? Okay, twenty million yeah. years. So you'd be uh-huh. like, I could do whatever I wanted within a twenty million dollar budget every year and never touch the principal. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I would pretty much do whatever. I mean, you probably <laughs> <I was laughing. laughs> I don't know I don't
0: know freaking if it
1: fit in my 20 million dollar budget I would say yes oh, like I, I hope
0: a car fits in $20 million Yeah I, budget. I mean, I'm going to go buy the target <laughs> Oh target shopping spree for days
1: You could pretty much do whatever you want right Yeah
0: yeah yeah I think I would wake up
1: I would wake up and I would say what do I want to do today and then I would go do that
0: oh, What a life
1: right Amazing. That be. <laughs> yeah. there's actually a movement in finance it's actually super popular now called fire i don't know mm. if you've heard of it Mm-mm. fire is the acronym f-i-r-e financial independence retire early and what these people do is yes they,
0: yes okay yes
1: they build their entire lifestyle around how much money they want to spend and so yeah. say it's forty thousand dollars a year yeah they say okay how much money do i need in my nest yeah. egg and then yeah. i can retire and these guys are retiring from government jobs from tech jobs from banking jobs at like 33, 34, 35, and they're yeah. just living the rest of their life doing whatever they want. But it's yeah. because they have a complete handle on their spending and their finances yeah. and they understand the back end of portfolio management. And it, it's that's never been possible before, but it is now. And so that that kind of thing is appealing.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. So Yeah, you know,
1: I don't know if it would be I'm kind of a type A, so I like to work. The I was just stuff. gonna ask,
0: yeah. I was gonna ask if you'd still want to work. I know. Yeah. And that but then it's nice to just have that freedom. It's your choice.
1: Yeah, exactly. That would take a lot of stress out of working. That would take a lot of stress out of sales and marketing. And you just say, if I, I, if I enjoy it, I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So let's say you're talking to somebody who has no basic concept of budgeting or just financial awareness. What would you recommend to them to do to start to just get a handle on their basics?
1: It all starts with a budget.
0: So just be aware of like what's coming in, what's coming out.
1: Yeah. The, the, image that I think of when I think about a budget is a bathtub and so you've got the water coming in through the little spout mm-hmm. and then you've got the amount of water in the tub that's your emergency fund and how much is left and then you've got the water going out and that's your expenses so income your emergency fund how much you've got and what's going out and you don't want more going out than what is coming out. yeah and so charting so how much up. you're spending on rent or insurance or food or whatever and look for all the fat that you can trim yeah obviously you don't want to be like Dave Ramsey's approach is rice and beans till you pay off your debt. I think that that's right numerically, but that makes for a really boring, miserable life. And you
0: still have to live your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you just
1: want to find the balance of, you know, not cutting out too much fat that you're just miserable, Yeah. but also being able to, you know, save for the future and, yeah. and not waste money.
0: Yeah. What's the most rewarding part of your job? What do you love most about it?
1: Um, yeah. So we create checklists for our clients of, of, we want you to do this and this and this yeah, and whatever yeah. happens to you. Oh, that's nice and, and, just, and handy. Yeah, watching them check that Yeah. and seeing like, hey, look, because we've been working together for three years and you've been saving, you can pay for your kid's college. Oh, and just seeing them know that cool. or telling them, look, you're going to have a successful retirement. You're good. Wow. And just watching the stress. So watching clients check boxes is probably my favorite thing.
0: That's huge. That's so impactful.
1: Paying off student loan, writing the last check on their house, whatever it ends up being—yeah, big huge item or you know small kind of funny item. Yeah, paying off a thousand dollar loan from
0: their mom or something like. And that's quality of life right there. Yeah, yeah, that you're affecting. That's so cool. So how do you keep up on your knowledge in this area? Like, are you constantly reading about it? What do you do?
1: Twitter. Mm, Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, believe it or not, that's how I met Carly.
0: Oh, is it really? Yeah, on Twitter. Oh, fun fact. (laughs)
1: Um, I follow, there's a little community on Twitter called FinTwit,
0: exactly, okay.
1: but there's just a bunch of bloggers and financial planners and financial advisors and hedge fund managers. And I follow all of them and I get on there all the time and I'm just sucking the data that they tweet out and reading yeah. their blogs. And it, that's pretty much it. I don't even think you have to go to college now. I mean, you can just get a good education on the internet. I don't know. Some Yeah, don't listen to me if you need a degree (laughs) to get your job. Kids, you
0: don't need to stay in school, actually, Jackson said. (laughs) They
1: don't want school to stay in that.
0: Yeah. Speaking of blogs, so you have a blog. Yeah. So tell us about that.
1: Um, It's just on our website, liftoffplanning.com slash blog. And we write articles, um, like we're launching one tonight, what to do with your money in your 30s. Last week was Ooh, what to do helpful. with your money in your 20s. Yeah, yeah. And so we're just going to try to, every week, release some sort of article or some sort of, like, informational piece about money and, and financial planning and whatever yeah. it is. And sometimes we're going to do Q&A or, you know, Ooh, yeah.
0: yeah. So do you guys have, like, a Twitter account or anything else that people could follow you?
1: Uh, just follow the blog on the website. Okay. And then my Twitter is JacksonwoodHQ, and I'll re- shit, retweet and yeah. kind of stuff there. Our Twitter is Liftoff Planning, but... I don't know if we use it that much. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of interacting with clients usually is through email.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: So that's kind of the idea. But we're going to reshare you know, or retweet tons of blogs. I just read a cool one about foundational wealth. and So we're going to try to share the information we get.
0: Cool. Yeah. So who are some of the people that you admire and respect in that world?
1: The godfather of modern day investing is Jack Bogle. So he started okay. the Vanguard Group. Uh And I think that he's single-handedly responsible for creating hundreds of billions of dollars of wealth for everyday Americans. Wow. Yeah. So he revolutionized the way that you invest and decreased the costs. And so he pulled, I'm surprised he didn't get like assassinated because he (laughs) kind of like killed a cabal, right? He pulled money out of Wall Street and kept it in the form of lower fees in investors accounts. Yeah. And he's written a ton of books about, you know, passive index investing. And so I look up to him the most. He, he just died recently. He's really sad. He had cancer and he didn't tell anybody about
0: it. Oh, that's yeah. tragic. Yeah. Oh, that is awful. So do you have any mentors or if you could get a mentor, who would you want?
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, just reading a lot of, uh, you know, these big time advisors, blogs, they kind of act as mentors, like personal mentors. Yeah, yeah. Um, growing up, I had a, like a guy in my neighborhood that taught me a lot about like stock trading and investing and helped me get started with that. So he's kind of a mentor and I still bounce ideas off of him. He took me like, on a trip when I was in high school and like had me interview like all these top real estate investors and like he paid for it and he was like wow he's a really good family friend
0: oh that's cool yeah
1: so it was a cool hope i can return the favor someday but
0: yeah wow so do you wake up excited to go to work every morning like do you feel like this is your passion this is your purpose
1: yeah it's definitely the only thing that i'm good at (laughs) but i i get a lot of like satisfaction helping people yeah um, it's rewarding you know it pays well right which is a yeah, positive yeah, side obviously yeah. you have to have a career that pays well but it's also like emotionally rewarding helping people
0: yeah.
1: find stability and balance and yeah I love it I don't. I wouldn't want to do anything else
0: you can't imagine yourself doing anything else that's kind of when you know that you're in the right career right when you're know, like yeah I, this is my I asked
1: gig that, I asked Carly that yesterday too. Really? I said if I wasn't this what would I be doing And she said you'd be a frat boy <laughs> leaving pizza boxes around <laughs> What are you talking about? Your dream
0: job one time was to be a rock star. That's a pretty cool dream job. Yeah, I would
1: love to I That's used to pretty en- rad. envision myself standing on a stage. Yeah. Playing a guitar solo, like in front of Who <laughs> wouldn't want to do that? Yeah.
0: Adoring fan. Yeah.
1: And I was like, I'm gonna do it always. And then when it came time to like practice the guitar, I was like, This is stupid. i <laughs> right. it. Yeah. So I don't think I'll ever realize that dream.
0: (laughs) So what about like some of your hobbies, like other interests, like what are you into?
1: Uh, I love jujitsu. So I've been doing Brazilian jujitsu for a while.
0: Right on. How, when did you get into that? How long have you been in it?
1: So Carly actually went to do a cheer camp. She was like a part-time cheerleading coach. Uh huh. And this is before we had our babies. Yeah. And uh, I was at home bored. When was this? Like in 16? 2016. And it was a Friday night and I was like. Well, all my friends live in Utah because I've only been here like a year. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go to jujitsu, and I've been hooked ever since. And actually, the co-founder of LiftOff is my coach.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. So. I've always wanted to get into jujitsu. Was it hard to get started?
1: No, it's it's not as bad as you think. Really? Yeah, it's pretty gentle. Like you can always just tap and the person will stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no punching. You get the occasional like black eye or something. <laughs> no you know, From smashing heads. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's not like boxing where you're going to get brain damage. Yeah.
0: And like what kind of like discipline has it taught you? Like mental discipline? Does you, it teach you any of that?
1: It was so foreign to me uh-huh. that it was extremely humbling.
0: Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. just
1: the way you move your body oh, yeah, and the way yeah. you learn how to throw people and the yeah. different types of chokes you learn was so foreign to me that I sucked at it. And I don't know if it was because I spent my whole life doing things I didn't suck at and I kind of got like confident yeah. and then I go here and it is like getting thrown into like a whole new world. Yeah. So it was the act of like just continually showing up and, and not giving up and learning yeah. and being literally the worst person there. You know, I'm six foot two, 200 pounds. So I'm not really intimidated easily, <laughs> but then you go to jujitsu, it's like that tiny person over there could kill me.
0: Yeah. And
1: just like learning to accept that and yeah. respect them. It was, it's a weird thing, but it's cool.
0: And don't you think that's a good practice in life anyways to yeah. step out of your comfort zone and have those humbling experiences you, where you're like, I yeah. suck. You absolutely this.
1: need it where you get tra- trapped in an echo chamber.
0: Yes, you right? do. Yeah. And you got to cultivate those experiences that fuel your resiliency and your tenacity mm-hmm. to to keep going and being comfortable with not being the best one in the room. And it just makes you that much better in every other area of your life. But it effing sucks when you're in the middle of
1: it. And you're gonna you, you <laughs> like I'm sure it's true with all martial arts, but Jujitsu especially like you're never going to be you're never gonna be done with it.
0: Yeah. Like there's
1: always something to learn. So it's just like signing up for a journey. It's, it's, like it's a reflective of life but,
0: though, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully if you're doing it right, you're still like learning and growing and evolving. And doesn't it kind of make you feel powerful too when you know that you can handle yourself? I mean, obviously, we're different sizes. So you'd feel more comfortable in a dark alley if you face like three strangers than I would. But just knowing that you could handle yourself.
1: Yeah. I mean, whatever life throws at you. I, I, I can defend myself. Okay. You know, I can, you know, probably not get beat up too bad unless the That's other guy's a, a jiu jitsu my- player
0: <laughs> yeah. or he has a
1: gun or something. Yeah. But it's also like my coaches, they're both smaller than me. And I I probably have 50 pounds on them, Mm -hmm. but they could kill me with their bare hands in like a minute. Wow. And so it's like, it teaches you that you never want to fight someone unless it's absolutely self-defense mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun.
0: So how often do you practice it?
1: I used to go like two, three times a week and now I'm lucky to get there once, which I don't really feel bad because we have kids. Yeah. 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 You
0: have a lot going on. So what else in life are you wanting to try or have you thought about trying
1: um, yeah, that's a good question uh, I love being outside I love golfing all the yeah. traditional like finance stuff Carly and I we s-
0: food truck <gasps> Ooh.
1: oh yeah good idea food truck it's my goal probably five year goal to have my own barbecue food truck right on yeah
0: so are you a big barbecuer
1: I, I don't know I think I am <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if people would pay to eat my car. Carly food. says
0: yes. <laughs> he's just humble around here because he's just always making meat.
1: <laughs> I got this new grill that you can like turn on from your phone.
0: No way. You know, that's it's, cool.
1: So that's one of my goals. I don't know if it, I'm good enough to do it, but it's worth a shot, I think. Whatever.
0: How long have you had this thought?
1: Like probably a year. Right on. She got it's a, it's called a Traeger grill. I don't know if you know what that is, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got it, and I was like, "Oh, barbecuing, like that's whatever." Cool. Yeah. And then I read through like the recipe book. And I'm like, "Wow, all this food looks good," and yeah. I just kind of became obsessed. He's Sweet.
0: Good, and really good. And I am super picky with food. He's so good.
1: Ooh. So if you're in hotel, so... please don't take my idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, you fine. Had it first. It. Yeah. <laughs> so you do you like to cook in general at all?
1: Uh, I I like to. I'm good at barbecue, I think, but I'm not really good at cooking other things.
0: Mm.
1: Like I cooked pancakes yesterday, mm-hmm. and for some reason I burn them <laughs> almost every time. So,
0: so if you had a go-to meal, if you were like in a wine and dine without the wine, Carly, what would you do?
1: <laughs> I probably what just I probably cook a steak on the grill.
0: You can't go wrong with the steak.
1: Yeah, a steak or some sort of barbecue. That takes yeah. all day, so if it's just yeah. like quick dinner. Yeah. I just cook a steak.
0: Yeah.
1: And like potatoes or something.
0: That's a good strategy.
1: You make really good French toast.
0: Ooh, Basically. but you don't you don't burn the French toast. Awesome.
1: Maybe it's because the French,
0: I don't know. He did burn it back in popcorn the <laughs> other day. <laughs> I can cook
1: perfect brisket for 15 hours, but I can't cook popcorn or a, a pancake. <laughs>
0: it's tricky. I suck at guess. it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, so um, let's do a couple of rapid fire questions. How do you feel about that? Okay. Okay, what's your secret talent other than barbecuing?
1: Making friends with random people, I think.
0: So you both. Do you guys just, when you're out and about? Well, okay.
1: What I mean by that is <laughs> my wife makes <laughs> friends with everybody everywhere we go. And I don't. But what I meant was like my friends are all way different from each other. Ooh. Like one is a engineer jujitsu guy. The oh, other wow. is a cop who's going to play pro football. Whoa. And I, and then yeah. I, yeah. It's just like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I like different people. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting I people. like
0: that. And diversity yeah. makes life more fun. You can learn something from everybody. Yeah. Uh, how do you spend your free time? Most of it. Jiu or hanging with them.
1: It's pretty much hanging with the fam.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to spend it.
1: I try to do more than my share when I get home from work, but that it's hard. It's yeah. hard when you have kids and you're in your wife owned businesses. It's just yeah. like finding the balance has been the biggest struggle, but it's not,
0: What has helped you with that?
1: (laughs) It's a work in progress. Um, I don't know. Just like talking about it and making like some sort of like informal tentative plan has been helpful. Like knowing what I'm supposed to do when. And
0: what is one item that you can't live without? My cell phone. Oh, that's your lifeline. That's it's my connection question. to everything. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, that, that's kind of bad.
0: No, it's life now, right? I mean, it's just life.
1: Yeah, it's how we talk to our clients. It's yeah. how I get the news. It's how I talk to Carly when I'm over. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 So you live your life. What were the last two books that you read? Did you have any like book recommendations?
1: Yeah, I just finished one called The Chalk Man. Okay. Which is like a murder mystery.
0: Ooh.
1: I can't remember who it's written by, but it was so good like I had nightmares. Really? Yeah. Ooh. And uh that was just kind of an entertaining read. What? Sorry. <laughs> um, and the one I finished before that was called Red Notice, which was about when Russia introduced capitalism into their markets. Oh, Fascinating.
0: Yeah. I also
1: couldn't put that one down. Um
0: Ooh, that so good.
1: And I'm like 12 pages into one called the way of Kings by Brandon Stevenson or something. It's like a fiction sci-fi book. I don't know if it's good or not, but everybody says it's good.
0: Cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely going to get those from you. Do you have like a mantra or like a creed that you live your life by kind of just like a quote that speaks to you or top five?
1: Um, I really like what the Stoics say.
0: Ooh, love Stoicism. Yeah, yes. my necklace
1: says Memento Mori. And it's got the, it's got the, I think it's Marcus really is. Yes.
0: Oh, and Marcus. so the curse of
1: the curse of financial planning is are always in the future. So I always try yeah. to remember my remind myself to just, you, you could die tomorrow. Yeah. You could die anytime. Yeah. And so take advantage of today. Yeah. And I'm bad at it, but I'm working on it. Yeah. So that, We're I think within the last worries. couple of years have been my mantra.
0: Yeah. I was listening to a podcast with a, Gary V. I don't don't know if it was him. He was talking about the importance of that, Mm -hmm. how that was impressed upon him back when he was a kid because his dad was a doctor. I don't know if this is him. Um, And he was saying how this doctor was about to die and told Gary's father that he needed to emphasize like living life to the fullest and taking advantage of the, the here and now. And that stuck with Gary the rest of his life and still is. And, that was so important. Like, as you said, you're constantly living in the future as a financial planner and financial advisor. And to constantly keep that um, in your mind is important.
1: Yeah. You, you miss out on decades yeah. pretty much. If you're always thinking about like, I'm going to be 65 soon and be able to retire. It's like, yeah. you got to enjoy, you got to enjoy now, Yeah, but it's also to the point of, you've got to be able to find the balance between yeah. enjoying now. And what if you're not dead tomorrow, right? You need to, so that's the struggle, right? Everybody's in that struggle, but I think, I think you can do it if you have a good plan. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he talked about how it's just so sad to watch clients who have spent their lives building up fortunes and not wanting to spend it because they want to spend it when they retire or they want to save it for their kids. But then you also have to make sure that you're still living your life and, like you said, balancing it out because, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows what tomorrow is going to bring? And if you have saved all of your money and not used any of it, then that's sad, that's tragic.
1: Yeah, I think it's just, it's really difficult and a lot of people will have different opinions on it. You know, yeah. you get the Dave Ramsey side where it's like, pay off all your debt and enjoy your life later. Mm-hmm. Then you have people that are like, I don't care about any of that, I'm just yeah. gonna party and have fun. Yeah, and yeah. so I think somewhere in the middle is probably yeah,
0: Like with most things in life, right? Yeah. That's usually moderation. where you wanna be, you yeah. have moderation. Yeah. Um, what is something that you've done and would never do again? Have you done any like <laughs> crazy like bungee jumping excursions or anything like that? It's I went bungee, bungee jumping.
1: I went bungee jumping in New Zealand, but I love that. And I That'd would be that a
0: again. cool place to bungee jump. Wow!
1: I did. I don't think I ever want to do a jiu-jitsu competition again. You um, did a
0: competition. Yeah. How was that?
1: It sucked. Oh um, man. I fought at 181 pounds. Oh man. And I weigh about two ten.
0: So how did you prepare for this?
1: I I did it completely wrong. I just <laughs> wanted to be able to say I've done it, and it's definitely not for me. Yeah, I love yeah. jujitsu and my coach if he listens, he's gonna not be pleased. <laughs> um I didn't I I just wanted to prove I could go out there and like fight a guy. Yeah. And I think that I've done that. And yeah. I did terrible. Uh
0: cross <laughs> that off the list though. It's done. That's yeah. cool. So yeah.
1: I don't I don't know. That was something I didn't really enjoy. The weight cut sucked. Yeah. I dehydrated myself. I didn't do it right. Maybe if I did it right, it'd be more enjoyable, but.
0: It's still quite the sacrifice. I'm
1: glad I did it. Yeah. yeah, And then I don't have to do it again.
0: Yeah. But that's a pretty cool experience, right? (laughs) Yeah. It it was, it it? was, it
1: was a weird, you know, now when I watch UFC and they do weight cuts, like I can kind of empathize with them a little bit. Granted mine was just jujitsu and they're actually striking and. (laughs) <laughs> getting hurt but so
0: what were your thoughts when you walked out on the mat is that right what were your thoughts like you're you prepared for it you're ready yeah so jujitsu like,
1: <laughs> Jitsu, you have a belt right okay, yeah and you get a stripe mm-hmm. and there are four stripes on each belt mm-hmm. and so you can look at someone and just be like oh he's got no stripes he's new he's got four stripes he's kind of done this for yeah a long, right? longer than the no stripes <laughs> yeah. i had no stripes and everybody I fought had at least a few. The first guy, no, I
0: fought, yeah,
1: I just was looking at the guys in the crowd, and I was like, I don't want to fight him. <laughs> and I went first, and that's who I fought.
0: No. And
1: so it was. Uh, he was way good. He's like a D1 wrestler. Oh. <laughs> it was fun though. Like I, I enjoyed the lessons that I learned from it, and maybe I, maybe I ought to do it again.
0: Did you have kind of like a fun loving approach to it, or you are like let's just do this? No, were I you was like dead super serious? serious?
1: Yeah, maybe I should have had that approach.
0: It's hard to though. I was
1: trying to play it cool, but inside yeah. I was like, "What have I got myself into?" <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It was go time. you got to do it. She was yeah.
1: pregnant. Like,
0: what were her thoughts on the whole situation?
1: I don't know. I think she just went along with it. <laughs> <laughs> she was supportive. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Wow. Well, that. Whoa. That was even. Wow. That was really fast. So we're almost in an hour. Oh, Wow. So let's hear if you had a call to action for the world message to share with them, what would your call to action be? That's
1: a good question. It would probably have to do with money. And I think it would be start planning right now. And I don't care if you use our company or any other company, but it's just the point is start right now because the younger you are, the better your plan can be. Right. The one thing you're not going to get back is is time. Yes. And, I don't care if it's, you know, starting off small or you're making a million bucks a year, yeah. but you just need a plan. And that just takes so much stress out and you can't control the economy. You can't control politics. I don't think anybody can control politics. Anymore. Nobody, not
0: even politicians. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a madhouse. Oh. But
1: just start now because you can control your behavior and you can control your spending and you can control your saving and just get a get a good hold of, you know, what you should do and, don't stop. Just go for it. Yeah,
0: because you don't want to get to the end and be like, oh, or the end of your job or working, like you're 70 years old or 65 and want to retire. And you're like, oh, you I don't can, have the I money. Can. And you have to keep working. But make Also sad. make sure it's balanced,
1: right? Don't have a miserable 40 years of a career.
0: Yes, yes. Um,
1: that's my call to action. But Control your finances price. and you will have financial independence and complete freedom to do what you want.
0: Good, solid advice. Thank you. Thank you, Jackson. And tell people again where they can find you.
1: Yeah, our website's liftoffplanning.com. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter at JacksonwoodHQ.
0: Perfect. Okay, you guys, you heard it from him. Live a balanced life and save your money. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.